0: 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 5, and right quickly on Sunday nights, you know, I've been preaching on the subject of prayer, and that being the means by which we can sow to the Spirit. That ought to make perfect sense to any of us, that prayer is that very thing. And so, I've been sharing texts along that line, I don't know how many more I'll share, I'll share them as long as the Lord leads me to and then when He doesn't lead me to share them anymore and moves me on to something else, I'll just move on. But this one is unique and I almost skipped it. I really did. I almost skipped it until I run across the statement where Paul said in verse 23 of chapter 5, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I told you, if you, if, if you say, Preacher, what do you want us to pray for you? Well, I want to tell you something. There's coming a time, and I, I think it'll be on down the road, pretty far, a far piece but I've got some uh I've got some kin folks that lived up in their nineties almost a hundred. Gene Reed's ninety-something years old and he's one of my kin folks. So I may have the genes. You may be you may have to listen to me unless you want to fire me or something when I'm 90 years old. That's the reason you need to pray for my doctor's visit, that he gets me straightened up. I got a lot to do. I told somebody this morning I was gonna tell my doctor, I said, Now, Locke, I'm going to tell you something. Don't treat me like a typical 72-year-old man that's probably retired and don't do much. i got a lot to do. I need your help. That's what I'm going to tell him, sure enough. I done made it up. (laughs) But anyway, uh, regardless, it'll be relatively soon. I know I'm going to depart this world. I'll either depart this world by death or the Lord's going to come back. The trumpet will sound. And he, like my little nephew, said in his prayer, Lord, come and get us. Come and get us. That was so neat for him to say that. You all know Colin. And Colin prayed that prayer. Uh, Lord, that was the last words he said in his prayer. Lord, come and get us. In Jesus' name I pray. And I thought that was so neat for him to say that. But uh, we don't have a lot of time. And we need to be conscious of that very thing. And uh, if I had a prayer request, it would be for you to pray that my whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ or me coming to Him. That's what I'd want because all the rest of eternity is going to be based on that. How I meet the Savior, there's not going to be any more fixing anything or changing anything, it's already come. I'm going to be judged as to my stewardship of the grace that He's given me. And He's given me a lot of grace. I'll be given account of that, of the stewardship of the grace that He's given me. And it includes everything else in our Christian walk, our loyalty and faithfulness to the Word of God. I say this all the time and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I love the written Word the same as I love the living Word. I can't separate them in my mind and in my heart. And I want to ask you to pray for me that my whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. And I know how it would be done. I know. And I love the verse 24 of this because it says this, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Oh man. I love to preach about what God's going to do. Uh, if, you think, if you think you're going to do something, I'll sure make you feel disappointed in the preaching because I believe, I was sharing with one of our men how firmly I believe in the absolute sovereignty of God. And it doesn't make any difference about anything else. He's absolutely sovereign. Of course, I'm accountable. Of course I'm responsible. Of course He's going to hold me accountable. But regardless of what we think about our accountability before Him, it doesn't change His sovereignty. He is absolutely sovereign. I read those verses to you this morning in preaching. as a matter of fact, if I kept them, I'll just read them again. They are so good that they're worth reading again. I don't know whether I did or not. Yeah, here they are. I want you to listen to these verses. Just listen real careful. The Bible says, but our God is in heaven and He's done whatsoever He hath pleased. He always has. You remember this morning I was sharing with you that God is not frustrated. He's not disappointed. He's not aggravated. He's not ruffled. He, has, he is the God of peace. is who He is. It's who He is. Another one is this one. Whatsoever the Lord pleased that he did in heaven and in earth and in the sea and all the deep places. Another verse says this. But he is in one mind and who can turn him and what his soul desireth even that he doeth. And the Bible says this. And I love this one. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient time the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I've said this and I'm going to say more about it. It's been brewing in my soul. What you think about God will determine what your doctrinal beliefs are. There's no way around that. And I run into somebody, if I run in, I've got a whole bunch more, but I need to get into the text tonight. But I run into somebody that don't believe in the security of the believer. I tell them all the time, your problem is, you don't know the God of the Bible. He doesn't start what he's not going to finish. And the Bible says that. That's the God we know. And I don't know about you tonight, but I am so excited about who God is. I'm excited about that. And I mentioned that book this morning and I'll mention it again. That book that we gave all the men one Father's Day by Arthur W. Pink. The Divine Perfections or uh, uh, it wasn't Divine Perfections. Huh? Attributes of God. Did you know the greatest book that in my opinion that has the second greatest book The first greatest book uh, was Pilgrim Progress. It falls second as the most purchased book in history to the Bible. Bible's number one. Pilgrim's Progress number two. But I want to tell you all something. You talk about a book that will absolutely thrill your soul is author W. Pink's The Sovereignty of God. I run into a Church of Christ preacher back years ago, and I told him, I said, I want to tell you something, they ain't no sense in me and you talking about doctrine. They ain't no sense in us debating that. You go get that book, and then you come back and talk to me about it after you've read it. I seen him a few years later, and he had gotten it and read it, and he said it didn't change him a bit. (laughs) Oh, there are people like that. There are people that are like that. But anyway, in our text... He says, the very uh, God of peace sanctify you wholly. That is completely, that is a spirit, soul, and body. Now, in our previous study, and I mentioned that this morning as I was sharing with folks what I was going to preach on, we, we have talked about the fact that positional sanctification, and I will get to progressive, I've done it before, i preached it before, but it's worth preaching again. As a matter of fact, I might preach it ten more times in the next five years or something. But, but progre- sanctification has two meanings very clearly taught in the Bible. One is positional. That's what I've been preaching about. And I preached this last Sunday night that we were positionally sanctified in eternity past. And I gave you the Bible that said that. Now, you say, well, I I can't comprehend that. Well, you don't have to. God can. (laughs) God can. He can do that. He knows everything. Boy, does that blow your mind or what? He just knows everything. But I shared with the folks this morning that I asked the question, when have you ever heard that preached? And I told the folks this morning, I I went to church, I've been drugged to church all my life, And I served for years as an ordained deacon. I was a music director. I was faithful uh, to my church. And I never heard it preached. I'm a graduate of a Baptist Bible college, four-year degree, never heard it taught. You say, preacher, where'd you get it? I got it right here. I sure did. And that's why last Sunday night I could preach to you and I didn't have anybody question one little bit about the fact that God sanctified His people from eternity past. The Bible is very clear about that very thing. And so, uh, easy believism and decisional regeneration has canceled those truths out. I'm serious. You know how I feel about those two things. I've preached about that before. Uh there uh, many a person has been has died and gone to hell because somebody told them that their decision saved them. My friend, the decision never saved nobody. The decision came about because we were already given life. I wouldn't have never made I made a decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I have. We sing that song. But you know what I know? I know that night years and years ago when I stepped out of that pew and I told that preacher that I would made a decision to follow Jesus. I didn't know it at the time. But I found out that I was really saved by grace through faith. The decision came as a result of that. I won't tell you you're saved by your baptism. I'll tell you you're baptized because you are saved, not in order to get saved. I'll tell you that because it's the truth. And so people have been lied to and I was when I was a kid. But thank God I learned better and I learned it from the Word of God. And so new believers are taught that. Before people become believers, they're taught that. And it's a a sin to do that. Not and it's just as easy, you know. You can witness. I witness to people all the time. I thank God that He's given me the opportunity. There's probably not a week goes by that I don't get to witness to somebody, and I don't have to leave these truths out. As a matter of fact, I can get their attention a whole lot faster when I talk about the God I love and the God I believe in. I can do it. I've had I have talked to people, witnessing to them, and they. Come under conviction because of me telling them about the God of the Bible. That's what we need, that's what people need to hear. But I want to take you where we left off. And I apologize for using up so much of time tonight with other things. Well, they were important and it didn't cost you nothing. But anyway, in the book of Hebrews is where I want to go where we left off because last Sunday night I shared with you that about God setting apart that's what sanctify, positional sanctification means setting apart a people in the covenant of grace before the foundation of the world the Bible's very clear about that I challenge anybody if you're tuned into this broadcast by way of internet you, you uh, hunt me up and come and see me I'll sit down and show you in the Bible I'll show it to you I don't, I don't preach something that I've not found in the Bible I wouldn't be a hypocrite for nothing. And I'm not going to stop preaching it because a lot of people probably wouldn't believe it. you know. And anyway, where we were at is in Hebrews chapter 10. This is about when our Lord Jesus Christ, when we were sanctified in Him positionally. When we were sanctified in Him. And I, I think I read this verse in chapter 10, verse 10. I want to read it. I want to point out something really neat about it. It says this. Verse 9 says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first. That's the old covenant. That he may establish the second. That's the new covenant. By the which, notice this, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now did you see it? So do you believe I was sanctified? And I'm going to tell you it wasn't wasn't exactly when Jesus died. I'll show you when it happened. I'll show you exactly when it happened. Verse 14, For by one offering He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified and you know that word perfective And I don't remember what it is in the original but it's really close to the word sanctified, the original word for sanctified hagias. and this is real close, they're so close that they really mean the same thing perfected you say preacher do you think I'm perfected if you're in Christ you are <laughs> you are, that's how we are perfected and so it says that now what these verses mean, and both those verses have the word sanctified in them. And uh, so, when Jesus died on the cross, and when he took his blood, now, now listen to this. Actually, this is when I was sanctified. I, I, I dug and dug trying to find out exactly when it was. You know, when I, I'll sing that little song every once in a while to you, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. You know, people think it's strange that Jesus would know me. And I, it, I wouldn't be born for 2,000 years. Don't you think that's strange? Because He knows everything. He just knows everything. Amen? I never will forget one time. We had an evangelist. I don't remember how old I was, but it was 50 plus years ago. And I don't remember what he preached. But when he got through preaching, it was a very Arminian sermon. He was a Baptist, but he didn't act like it. And uh, I went up to him after the service was over, and I shook his hand. And here's what I asked him. I said, Brother, do you not think that Jesus knew who he was dying for when he died? And I'm going to tell you what he said. He said, I think he could have known, but chose not to. That was a Baptist preacher who said that to me. I never responded, but I knew good and well that he had to be wrong. And so I searched for Scripture to back up what he said, and guess what? I've never found it in over 50 years. I've never found that Scripture passage. My Savior is my Lord and my God. And you better believe He knew you when He died for you. He knew you. And He took, his, he took the penalty of your sin upon Him when He died on the cross. He suffered. And I've said this a lot of times. No, We don't know how much He suffered. We really don't. I, I believe this. It's a theory. I'm not sure I could prove it. But you know there was a period of darkness when He was on the cross. I believe when God would not allow no human eyes to see the pain that He bore. He took my eternity in hell for me. I know that. I know that. And I'm so thankful for it. So, I'm about to run out of time and I want to point this out before I do. Uh, I want to point out exactly, I found it in the Bible when I was sanctified when Jesus died. Here it is. It's in the ninth chapter of Hebrews. It's in Hebrews chapter 9. And you've got to see this. This is precious. It says this in verse number 11. Notice it real careful. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come, that's the new covenant that we're under, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Now, I'm going to tell you what that means. A greater and more perfect tabernacle. In the original, and it goes on to say, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. That tabernacle was the one that God gave the pattern for for building the earthly tabernacle. And God did that in the Old Testament. After the pattern. As a matter of fact, I can't remember where exactly it is in Hebrews, but it actually says that. After that pattern. After that pattern. And so in that tabernacle was the holy place. It was the place where the high priest went just once a year. And boy, I mean, it had to be done just exactly the way that God instructed him to do it. And they would even tie bells on him to make sure he was still alive and still moving. And I've even read that they put a rope on his leg in case they had to drag him out of there. It was the most unique place on the earth because it represented that place in heaven, that mercy seat in heaven. And he goes on to say this in verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves. You see, that sanctified the Old Testament people ceremonially so they could worship God. It had to be offered over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Amen? It was just ceremonial cleansing. It says, neither by the blood of goats and calves but by His own blood He entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. That was it. You say, what did Jesus do in the period of time after He was crucified and gave up the ghost until He rose again and appeared to His disciples? What did He do? He went to heaven, He took His blood, and He offered it on the altar on behalf of you and me. And that's when I was set apart when He did that. When He did that. Is that powerful or what? Now, I'll just tell you tonight, you wouldn't have probably heard this anywhere else. Because there's so many places around our country and so-called churches where the preacher's afraid to preach the Bible. He's afraid somebody won't believe it and be offended. I tell people all the time, if you don't believe what I preach, just come and explain to me why I was wrong. And uh, they don't do that. I told you the other day, what they do is they just leave. (laughs) It don't match my belief, so I'm just going to leave. You know, that's what they do. But you know what? One day, I'm going to give an account For how I've responded to every word of this Bible that I preach from. Every single word I'm going to give an account. Father, we praise you tonight. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to share this. Whether anybody else ever cares about it or not. It really don't matter. You've blessed my heart. So I pray you continue to bless this little series on sanctification. It's such an awesome subject. And Lord, it's a work of grace that You do that we've never been worthy or deserved. I admit it tonight. I'll keep on admitting it. As long as I draw a breath, I've been blessed far beyond my worthiness. And I thank You, dear God. Now, I pray You speak to our hearts tonight. I pray You would communicate to Each of us that are here and all who may be tuned in by social media, speak to our hearts, show us something, teach us something. Let it not go away, but keep bringing it before us and help us to rejoice in your wonderful truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.